0: Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof,
1: now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one two, you say three four. One two, three, four. We are here with Dr. Don Livermore. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Um, this is probably the most ambitious thing I've ever done as far as the podcast go. Now, if you're so, Dr. Don Livermore, master blender for Corby's, uh, behind JP Weiser's. Um, uh, lot 40 lot 40 caster good hammer warts anything else you'd like to take credit for high creek Um, high creek pretty much any JP Weiser's Corby's product Um, we've been down here uh, a number of times I feel like I do an annual pilgrimage here Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently today um, because we have a slideshow over there somewhere uh, but we're really excited. We're going to be doing like a bit of a uh, taste through like kind of what people like in flavors and kind of look at that from a scientific point of view or a science point of view. Uh, and we're also going to look at the Northern Border Collection that we just released, well, going to be released by the time this podcast out, let's say it'll be a few weeks away from being released, um, which is um, Canada's answer to Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, kind of that that once a year vintage release taking regular brands that you have, Lot 40, Wiser's, Pike Creek, and and, and Gordon Graham Warts, and just bring out like the massive releases, like more flavor, more age, more proof, Uh, changes every year. Innovation. Innovation, (laughs) Innovation. yes. Um, love it so uh, the other the thing we're going to do is uh if you're listening to this on the podcast so we're doing this in the youtube and podcast we're listening to this on the podcast uh, i'm going to add chapters to this so there's if there's any kind of slides we're talking about if you just look at your phone assuming your phone uh works with with chapters you'll see actually the actual slides but if it doesn't that's fine i'll have things posted in the show notes so you can look at it there uh, i listen still on the on the youtube we'll just put slides there 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 we go All. All set, yeah. All set, all set. All right. So you've been, um, we're going to talk about the flavor wheel a little bit because I like this, and I think it's it's interesting to the audience because um, you're really putting me out of a job. It's the way I look at this. You're you're taking uh, whiskey reviews and flavor profiles and kind of what kind of flavor profiles people enjoy, and you're distilling it down, if I might use that word, into a wonderful graph, and you can pretty much create me my perfect whiskey based on my preferences along the way. And you can pretty much just do this anytime you want.
0: Pretty much, uh, it was a challenge that was brought to me in partnership with the LCBO two years ago when Mm -hmm. we did the Northern Border Collection release. Uh, I was talking to the Brown Spirits buyer Mm -hmm. and she said, where is the Canadian whiskey flavor wheel? And I said, well, that's a good question because I really haven't seen anybody put one out there in place. So I went home, I I thought about it, came back to uh, work the next day. And um, in a matter of about 24 hours, I put together this wheel that you're going to see. It's 20 (laughs) years of experience, mind you. But within a day, I can show you the original Microsoft Word uh, uh, diagram I put it on. But uh, it is from the mindset of a blender. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, tasting notes, I really, I get confused, drives me crazy Mm -hmm. at times. I look at other whiskey wheels out there, really don't tell me a lot of other information than sensory perception, for me, I attack whiskey, and what I dream about at night is where do flavors come from and how do I pull those flavors together. Uh, and if you really look at that flavor wheel, flavor can only come from three places when we're making whiskey. It either comes from the grain, from the yeast, or from the cask. And we can go out from that wheel, and we'll talk about it as we go along here. But in a sense, putting you out of a job, uh, I've heard reference to it as the distillery cheat sheet. I, I and I love that. I love that reference. I can't s- say that enough.
1: It is. I, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> t- just to kind of give you an example of how this is used. I'm gonna tell you. We're gonna kind of bypass a little bit of this. Talk about the most underrated molecule in the entire world, and we're gonna talk about how that makes your rye and your bourbon and your scotch different and this and flavor profiles. The yeah. Most- okay. Well, one of the
0: places that that, uh, we can derive flavors from is certainly the grain. And when we're talking about Canadian whiskey in particular, the grain rye Mm -hmm. uh, has a high lignin level. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at the grain, we're really focusing in on the husk of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of distillers really don't pay a lot of attention to that. You're always looking at starch, how much alcohol can I make. Mm-hmm. And, but in the flavor world, you want to look at the husk. And the husk it's is comprised just, just for the of fiber.
1: So the starch creates sugar, sugar which creates, creates a lot alcohol. of volume of alcohol. But from a flavor perspective, you want the stuff in between.
0: This, it, well, the stuff on the outside is the yeah. shell, the yeah. fiber, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that's where you see what, what fiber consists of is cellulose, Mm-hmm. Hemicellulose and lignin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I visualize it like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Its fiber is very sturdy, very, very hard to break down. Um, the bricks are the cellulose and hemicellulose. Um, the cement is the lignin. And the lignin glues it all together and makes it very tough, mm-hmm. very hard to break down. Now, in the grain rye, when we compare it to wheat or barley or corn, it has a high lignin level mm-hmm. in comparison. So what?
1: What does that really mean? It gives me the spice.
0: Yes. you're, you're, you're you know, I taught you well today. <laughs> yeah, you
1: did. I know. I know. I've been listening to uh, so Yeah.
0: Good. But yes, if we happen to go into distillery, they're always very hot, very warm. We're always cooking. We're always heating. We're always distilling. Okay. That's breaking apart the shell. It's breaking apart the husk. It's breaking down fiber. It's breaking down cellulose and hemicellulose and lignin. And that's where a lot of your spicy flavors come from. Mm. Uh, I think in the last podcast I talked about here, I said, don't tell me how much rye or ask me how much rye is in my whiskey. Ask me how much more ethyl is in my whiskey. Because Mm. that is the unique uh, component or building block of lignin that we're trying to focus focus on to make very big, bold, spicy whiskeys. Hence, Lot 40 cash strength, which we're going to try here uh, in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's what makes it big and bold and spicy in comparison to wheat or barley or corn style of whiskeys. Um, the other thing is from the scotch world, when, when you brought that up, lignin uh, can also come in from plant material, as we discussed, and we think about what peat is. Peat is plant material that's been degraded for thousands of years, and what how scotch or single malt scotches are made is they dry down the malts using a peat fire. Yeah. So that's just driving some of that lignin molecules onto the barley that will eventually use as scotch producers. Um, and that will make it way into the product. The last place lignin can come in from is, is wood, mm-hmm. barrels. Because it's in there. barrels. Barrels are 100% fiber. It's all
1: fiber. It's oh, sturdy. I learned that today
0: again. It's like oh, it's fiber. 100% fiber. Yeah, it's very sturdy. It won't fall down. And there's reasons why it's like that. Yeah. And here we, as whiskey producers, will burn barrels, and you'll burn apart the cellulose, hemicellulose, and lignin, and then you're going to get your vanilla notes and then your other spicy notes. I will say this, true, I want a t-shirt made up like that. I said, lignin's the world's most unappreciated molecule. And if you think about making food, uh, let alone making whiskey, you're cooking and heating and breaking down uh, uh, these molecules and these building blocks gives you the spicy, the, the savory, uh, the smoky notes and all the foods that we love and enjoy.
1: So but going back to food, so I used a terrible example, and you're like, no, not that one. I was like, oh, so when you caramelize onions, you're like, no, not onions. So what's kind of a good example of well, food? Well, world?
0: onions is a sulfury note that comes off a dimethyl sulfide or uh-huh. a dimethyl trisulfide. I'm geeking out, but that gives you that that uh, oh, it's a sweat sock kind of kind of or garlicly. That that's uh-huh. more the sulfur when we break apart onions. Okay. I'm talking about when you cook and heat and break down lignin. That's 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 the key difference
1: there. So any kind of thing with fiber, which
0: yeah, anything is, with uh, fiber. Pretty much everything.
1: I, pretty much everything, everything yeah. yeah. The, the flavor component. Um, wh- so you will post in the show notes of the flavor wheel that you designed, but I, I wanted to focus in on the linens because um, uh, it, it all comes down to, for me, like kind of the s- notes that are coming through uh, either from the oak or from the grain. It's really the same... Or similar chemical, same the and, and,
0: and for those in the audience who who are looking at the flavor wheel, you'll notice that under the rye section of my of the flavor wheel that we produced here, you'll see the same uh, compounds under the cast section. Right. And that's that's funny thing when I see people do tasting notes. In, I've seen it a, lot, a few times with, with some writers. Oh, there's a lot of rye in this whiskey, and, and I kind of chuckle in the background. Now, I didn't put any rye in it at all. Yeah. But it's the same chemical compound. But it's Fiber derived, not rye. Rye's
1: 18 is a good example, right? If no. l- l- you're going to say, "Oh, it's rye forward. It's rye forward." But it's it's not. It's 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 It's, a, it's coming in with
0: the breaking apart of, of the barrel for 18 years. If I write
1: tasting notes like this, nobody's going to listen to me. But you've breaking it down <laughs> for me. So this is this is the part where you're going to you're putting me on a job. You can literally on the flavor wheel, you can identify chemical components in the drink, and then you can literally just kind of like write your own tasting notes based on, uh, you know where it comes from where it comes from which is crazy um and also that means that whiskey reviewers could be wrong sometimes like no there's no anise in that there, there's none of, there's nothing in there that. cooks. although i guess there's usually something of an easy y- herby yeah
0: herbal you know, will or, certainly come in from yeah, the, the yeah. husk again
1: and i, I find one yeah.
0: whiskeys we, we tried earlier today when we were out at our whiskey aging warehouse that we have a wheat whiskey that i yeah. find has a little bit of a licorice note yeah. uh, in it or a an, anise characteristic and then certainly that's coming in off the husk uh and that's that's what makes wheat unique from, certainly, rye. And if you look at each of those building blocks, how lignin's made, they're each different. So you're going to get different proportions of these chemical compounds. Yeah. And this is why whiskeys are different around the world. That's why scotch is different than Canadian whiskey, different than Irish, and different than Japanese. It's really driving a lot of that grain. And, and I find consumers today, and it's a little bit of a struggle, we understand a barrel because we can physically see a barrel. We know mm-hmm. what barrels are doing and how is it aged and everything else. What's next? Yeah. What's next? What are consumers going to ask for next? And I find we're becoming more savvy. I'm looking out ten years from now, and I'm thinking under the crystal ball. I think consumers are going to be asking what is the particular grain variety in this right, one. Right. And, and I think they'll start to understand how important lignin, hemicellulose, and cellulose. I know they're big words, but they'll understand the the importance that grain certainly brings to the picture. You
1: need to like give them like character names and little yeah <laughs> and be like which one do you want um we have oh the fans just went on uh we have the uh, so uh you're right we were at the warehouse the wheat that you're doing it's 100 it's 100% wheat I've, uh we were doing is really fantastic like a year ago we tasted it, and I'm like oh this is like looking like it's good and like it went from like year four to year five and it's just it's just punchy punchy with flavor and it's and it's different than any weed I've tasted from the U.S. I feel like it's not an American weeded whiskey. It's not, you know, it's it's just, but it's because it's aged in the New Oak, it has that components you would think of in a bourbon. It's got the kind of, the, the caramel notes and everything else, but it just, it has of so the more wonderful notes on, on top of that, the, the, the nuttiness and that comes through really nicely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the point of maturation, right? Yeah.
0: I, I really like those where it's not so much how old is your whiskey is, at what point... All these reactions that happen in the cask, and at what point do all these extractions coming in from the wood peak up. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you can get whiskeys that are people perceive as too old, right. and there's reasons for that. And if you really want to get into the chemistry of it, we can. Um, but it, it is it is that right balance of what you're you're looking for, and and it, it just makes whiskey fun. I mean, it whiskey whiskey fun. I mean, uh, w- what age does, does is to your taste? What age is just to your taste? What age is age to your taste? And that's the job of a blender. I got to try. To be honest with you, I think the best part about my job uh, as a blender is I get out in, into the marketplace, into the field. I'll talk to, to people like you, Mark. I'll talk to everyday consumers. I'll do whiskey tastings uh, with people coming off the street at our, our JP Weiser's brand center here, and it's talking to them. What do you like? Yeah. What do you like? And it's about finding the trends that people are looking for. And I commented earlier, uh, this year, out of 22 years, I've been at the, at the, in our business is the most we've been making rye ever? Yeah, consumers are looking for big, bold, spicy, four style of whiskeys. Uh, they really are, and, and and that's that's the crystal ball to me. Talk to your consumers. What are people looking for?
1: And, and to do a quick 101 on rye, Canadian rye is nothing like American rye in in the sense we call it a rye in both countries. But uh, American rye, rye can typically has to be 51%. Rye grain. It's all. Yeah. Grain. I know you hate these terms. I, I, we'll yeah. talk about why. Um, but 51% rye, and it's all. Uh, it's all fermented together with corn and typically malted barley, and then distilled together and then barrel. As a one component. So once that mash is made with rye, that's it. That's that's your final whiskey. Then you're just Pretty, aging yeah. it, maturing it for a while. Um, in Canadian whiskey, uh typically, not always, but typically, you'll from, you'll do 100% rye, yeah. and you'll do that separately. So lot number forty is 100% rye. Even MGP uh, does 95% rye; that's as high as they go. It's it's hard to do, right? It's not. It's
0: yeah. It's, it's, there's there's it's not, what, if you know what you're doing. You <laughs> <laughs> if you know what you're doing, you can ferment 100% rye. We got 160 years of experience here. Yeah. I mean, have we gone through failures? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. not going to disagree at all. But yeah, we can manage 100% rye. We have for some time and. uh once you understand the biochemistry of what enzymes are doing mm-hmm. in terms of conversion, it, it, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but again, it, it's bringing in that flavor. Of what we're doing, it, it's it's not when you're talking about percentages. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're going to show it on your podcast mm-hmm. or at all, uh, but. It's really understanding the boiling points of those rye compounds. Right. I've seen brands of whiskey out there putting on their label 100% rye, or very high rye content to it, and you're tasting it, and there's very little spice in it whatsoever.
1: That's that if, double distill, yeah, double distill eight percent where you're not going to get rye, grain notes through that, or at least a tiny bit.
0: Yeah, you distill it out. Yeah. We, as distillers, understand the boiling point of each of these flavor components coming off it. Now, wouldn't it be a good uh, thing for the next version of the flavor wheel mm-hmm. on the fifth outside ring of it? Put the boiling point.
1: Right. Where <laughs> where those flavors come through at what boiling point? Well, Did, well that'd be geeky. That that would that would probably <laughs> add numbers to uh, already big chart. I might. I might. But be then, but more... it, it would really all it would do is just
0: emphasize as we are brewers. Yeah. As well as distillers. Yeah. And what I'll to say to people is, distilling will shape your whiskey.
1: Um, I'll bring us down again. So the yeah. lignins. Um, so in the case of rye flavor, uh, that if you distill it to ninety-four point eight percent, you're essentially purifying that mash of, of the rye notes you're all in water. You're making booze. Um, and you know, I'm sure people will argue whether that you know five point two percent gives you some rye notes or not. Green it, notes. It's subtle.
0: It's, it's, in, in and it will be distinctive from distillery to distillery, right. but it'll be very difficult to tell whether the spirit came from wheat, barley, rye, or corn.
1: So in your distillery here, you do seventy percent column distill first time, and then for your lot forty, which is you know the the wins tons of awards every year, you do a pot still afterwards. That's right. And at that point, you're isolating for particular flavors that you want. Exactly. And that is different than in the states, because again, the states typically column distill twice. They don't distill to ninety four point eight percent. They've got rules as to how much. They got a doubler. They got a doubler, and they right. So they don't distill as high. So you're going to get more grain notes in the in American uh, rise, but here. You're, pot, you're using this double... Yeah, yeah. To, to, to dumb
0: it down. I'm not sure mm. to dumb it down, but it, real basics is this. Mm. Um, yeast will make this. You know, If you go to the second ring of our whiskey wheel, yeast makes fruity, floral, green grass, soapy, sulfur. Mm-hmm. That's the five major flavor components yeast will make. Right. Have you ever had a skunky beer? Yep. You had skunky wine? Yeah. Yeah, that's the sulfur note that yeast will make. Okay. If you ferment at very warm temperatures... Yeast will produce a lot of sulfur that's okay. why when you have a gun wineries and breweries mm-hmm. and they go into their fermentation cellar mm-hmm. they ferment cold to keep the sulfur level down
1: okay okay they ferment
0: very cool to keep the sulfur level down we ferment very warm in, in the on the distilling side of the business now one thing is when you take that mash and you run it through a column still which what how bourbon is made mm-hmm. uh which is how canadian whiskey is the first part of canadian whiskey is made and that really helps first a lot of uh um, uh, grain whiskeys for scotch is made you run through one pass through a column still Yeah. you keep the grain flavor you're using mm-hmm. you keep the fruity floral green grass soapy notes mm-hmm. that the yeast has made right the one I missed is sulfur right the copper salts out salt, sulfur yeah all stills are made from copper right they have been for a thousand years yeah and it's to salt out that sulfur. We need to have a copper contact. Yeah. That's the end of burp, and that's really a burp. They will, will actually run it through the column still, and then right adjacently after, they'll run it through a doubler to increase the strength up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, you've maintained all the flavor.
1: Okay, so you just kind You maintain yeah. all the
0: flavor minus the sulfur.
1: Okay, right. Okay.
0: The way Lot 40 is made, we run it through a column still, you mm-hmm. keep all the flavor notes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you pause, make a tank, stop, take that tank of liquid, then put it into a pot still. We mm-hmm. start cool again, mm-hmm. we slowly boil it. The first stuff that comes off is the green grass flavor that make, the yeast has made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We cut it, we throw it away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What well, comes next, it comes out in this order. Yeah. Fruity flavors comes next. Yeah. Then floral flavors,
1: yeah. then the
0: grain flavor. What's left in the bottom of the pot after 12 hours of pot distillation is the soapy flavors the yeast has made. We stop the distillation, cut it, that's right. the tails. So you can concentrate up fruity, floral, and grain flavor mm-hmm. by doing an added pot's distillation step. And that's what makes Lot 40 unique.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We take that extra step to run it through that pot still, and we, we eliminate the heads and tails, which is undesirable. And I I can taste it. Yeah. I can honestly taste it. When I have straight rye through a column still, I can get a tanginess on the edge of my tongues. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, that's a column distilled rye. I can tell. Yeah. And when we have rye that have that Next step of putting it through a pot still, you get that nice peppery spiciness that's distinctive in Lot 40. And that's what makes that brand, I mean, extra special. Especially when you get to the cast strength.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you you're cast dialing strength. it up even more. There I mean, is, there's a little more age, crazy. sure. <laughs> crazy. But you're also getting more proof and just more of that. Um, yeah, We so Lot number 40 cast strength. Um,
0: yeah, you want to try some?
1: Yeah, let's, let's do some. Can I twist some. your arm? Yeah, 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 let's do this. Klebski. Um, ski All right. Let, <laughs> yeah, let's, sorry, let, yeah. While you're pouring this, let's uh, I'll talk about <laughs> Eclipsey. <laughs> so last year, uh, I was I was here with uh, with a couple of friends, and we were uh, we were doing uh, we we're going to the warehouse. And typically, when you uh, do a tour here uh, from the media side, uh, you go to a warehouse, and then we get to do barrel tastings. I didn't realize the last couple of years I was really tasting the lat, the next lot forty castering. So when I did this two years ago, I was tasting last year's lot forty castering, matured a year younger, but. On its way there, and then last year uh, we I, I made or actually I don't know who made the joke. I made the joke. Benford, I can't remember. Somebody made the joke of like there was an eclipse, and we're like, hey, we should just pull out the barrels and have like, and we kind of made fun of ourselves, like, oh, the, the eclipse will change the flavor of the whiskey. Uh, of course, that's not true. Um, however, um, you get on your phone, and Don's like, hey, so uh, can we bring out the the, the thing? And, and you really brought out all the pallets, and we opened up all the barrels, of the lungs, <laughs> and had the eclipse.
0: Aged. aged. Yeah, I th- think it was like at 157 or something in the afternoon when it was coming through here at Windsor, Ontario. But yeah, this was e- eclipsed. Aged.
1: Eclipse aged. It was like a <laughs> partial eclipse here. It was like a seventy percent, seventy percent covered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we found out later that like another distillery had this idea, but they actually created a whole event around it. So they 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 did a whole thing. But we we're like, this is funny. And then so this ended up being the whiskey that's in here and the this year's release of Lot 40 Cast Strike, which I think is hilarious. And we had the name for it, Eklipsky, Jen Chan. Uh, and they
0: didn't put it on that they one. They didn't but. put it on here? Oh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I, mean,
1: I think I'm going to get a uh, bottle. I'm gonna yeah, you got one bottle one number one there. I, I know, right? <laughs> No, don't worry. I'm not taking this home. I wish, uh, but uh, next time, uh, next time I see you, I'll have you sign this Eclipseki uh, <laughs> with your name. Uh, that was
0: that was an awesome experience. <laughs> I think it was, a, it was a lot of fun, and that's what whiskey tastings about. So here you go. Thank here you it is. Here. One of the things we'll talk about with the uh, the whiskey wheel, the real geeky geeky part about, it, as we talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. is you can create something called polar histograms. Mm-hmm. And what we can do is now basically make a bar graph around a circle.
1: If you look at your phone and you have chapters, you'll see a little picture right now, if I figure out how to do that. Anyway, yes, but it's a circle with like, okay. Yeah, bar graph. So so if
0: you take that whiskey wheel in front of you and you print it out and you look at it, I can tell you quantitatively
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where the flavor is coming from in this whiskey. Right. So if you look at the cast strength Lot 40, you're gonna see a big old, I think yeah, it's, it's the kind of a brown or reddish line. Yeah, it's rye heavy, of course, it's 100% yeah. rye. Then you're gonna see a blue line that comes out, and which, is, which is, yeah, it's aged in brand new virgin oak barrel, so you're gonna have a lot of cask influence. Yeah. And you're gonna see a lot of fruity notes. You can see that's that pot distillation that we bring to it. So this whiskey here has got a lot of flavor impact in comparison to the, all, all the brands we have. We can quantify whiskey
1: with a picture. Yeah, and then you can turn that into tasting notes. You don't need me. And AI <laughs> will figure out the tasting notes just from that bar graph. You okay, like.
0: Just take a look at the tasting structures of what's going on. And yeah, you should be able to figure out uh, the nuances to that one. But this one landed at 58.4% ABV this year. So it's okay. a little higher in strength in comparison to year number one, or the 2017 uh, release. Um, certainly uh, nosing it, very distinctive. You get that rye flavor. Yeah. Certainly uh, this year's expression I'm getting uh, certainly more of that cask influence I think mm-hmm. than last year's expression and, and it's this, is because rule of thumb at higher strength you're going to get more woodier flavors coming out than at lower strength.
1: So even though it was not aged for as long, it's still the higher proof. It's the it perception. Less, yes, right. It's the perception. So you're getting that that oak. Uh,
0: perception, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I did I do find it like a little sweeter, a little puncher, the rise a little more focused. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different and delicious. It's like, I, you, I wouldn't be able to pick a favorite child between the two, but I, I, I love them both, but they're, they're just, they are different.
0: Yeah, and I, I love that word when you said, it, kind of focus, I, when yeah. the higher the strength, you're, fo- you're concentrating up that, that rye a little bit, and certainly we know about opening up whiskey, when you add a drop of whiskey, and I think that would be the one key difference you're certainly uh, getting between uh, 2017 and the 2018 release.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a hit of clove notes as well. Comes
1: from lignin. Mm.
0: So you like whiskey too, huh? My name's Kevin VanEckeren, and I host a podcast called The State of Logic. We do some great interviews with both comedians and also intellectuals to kind of understand the world and also make you laugh a little bit. We also do quick podcasts to cover current events, make your life a little bit easier so you don't have to watch the mainstream media nearly as much. We all know that's a bit toxic. Come check us out at the State of Logic podcast.
1: Um, the number one question I was get asked, um, um, if you follow me on social media, I said, "Hey, I'm do- doing the podcast well, repeatedly, over and over again. When is this coming to the U.S.? Uh, the Lot 40 cast strength. You can get the Lot 40, and by the way, they, I mean, as much as I hype Lot 40 cast strength, the Lot 40 regular is." is pretty much this, is just a little more settled. Yes, that
0: if you looked at the polar histograms between the two, I, I yeah. don't think we'll have it here on your podcast, but if you had the two, it's just gonna be less. It's a little less. Like it's that. Same it's proportions, sweet, but a little less.
1: Um, t- tasting them blind next to each other, you'd tell the difference, but if you were like, tasted one in the morning and one in the evening, you wouldn't be able to tell if you had the lot. It's the same thing. I, in yeah.
0: reality, it's the same thing. The mother brand for uh, lot 40 um, uh, is uh, 43% ABV. So. Mm-hmm. Um, a little, little, little less, but it's—I uh, mean—great brand. It's yeah. a, such a great brand, and I think I think a lot of a kudos go to, uh, I know you and social media about three or four years ago. Hashtag cast drink lot forty. I needed it, man. I needed results. Yeah. And remember, I said we listen to consumers. You did. You did say that. <laughs> and it was like, I, I listen to some ideas. We don't bring to life, obviously. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I, this one. I mean, it was, it was more than you too. I mean, yeah. you, like, maybe started the trend a little bit. And, uh, and we, other... we recognize it, we recognize it, that it, there's a need and there's a want and obviously the way the sales go and yeah. when do we get into America or what, and I'm getting it overseas when are we get it out of my wheelhouse yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a, it's a sales and distribution and marketing question mm-hmm. um, but the majority of this year certainly will be available across Canada mm-hmm. and in the provinces and my, my best advice to somebody is find a friend in Canada.
1: Yeah, uh, I've, I've had friends come up and we've shared. And I have to say, we've done tastings where we've done antique collection, we've done some barrel, a bunch of different crazy barrel proof, and we did Law 40 castings last. And it just stood out beautifully. Like it was one of those things where, like, it, it's it's not the same as American rye. It, it's unique it's enough. It's that pot still. It's that pot still. It just <laughs> it gives you that. So this new oak, so that aging, that you, it's very familiar to an American rye because it's got that caramels and the the sweetness. But it's it's that pot still that the, the rye is just different. And yeah, remember, note. a
0: straight rye. And if you're going back to try other brands, I, I, there's a tanginess. That's personally me. Mm-hmm. I get a tanginess on the corners of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Not sure if you're having here. I'm not getting any sensation at all yeah. with this brand. It's yeah, more sure. in the middle of your tongue, more towards the back. It's that bang, that pop, that yeah. peppery spice that I think is distinctive Lot Forty Pot Stills. Absolutely, that's what what's make, makes this one different.
1: And and not everything you do is pot So you do no, like, no, no, not at all. But this is like this particular one. And I think uh, if you do the sensor room here in the back. You, you have every grain you ever do, pot still, calm still, double like still. Yeah,
0: and, and I really would, I'm going to put kudos to here too, is um, we got this release. We're partnering with the NHL Alumni Association this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. Uh, where JP Weisers is uh, uh, making some brands with some ex-NHL alumni, mm-hmm. where proceeds of half the profits will go to the NHL Alumni Association for uh, hockey players that are need that have left the game and the other half will certainly go to our brand which is Corby and we're launching um uh, three of them this fall the Wendell Clark for Ontario and Wendell. speaking of rye that one's 100% rye mm-hmm. but that one's column distilled right
1: so, so you 40.
0: I would certainly encourage your listeners to pick up that brand if you want to see the difference between a pot distilled rye and a column distilled rye you'll know exactly what i'm talking
1: yeah, about yeah 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 and it's still it's aged uh yeah it's aged uh 11 years if I remember correctly. it was 11 year yeah.
0: it's not in brand new barrels it's in uh once used bourbon barrel bourbon barrels but certainly out of educational purposes yeah if you really want to educate yourself i think that would certainly show you the differences between how rye can be distilled
1: and you you mentioned this earlier the nhl alumni supports uh, retired NHL players but you were saying that most careers last only three years so you think yeah. that the, the big stars are making bazillions of dollars but there's the, majority. the players, majority only have three years and they they don't always do as well so yeah. this is in support of them
0: and that's as Canadians knowing to get at an NHL level to the dedication and getting there for those players Your entire life from age four yeah. five three four five and then you're retired yeah then what so yeah I, I think it's a great cause I know the the guys came here I had a chance to meet L- Wendell Clark and Guy Lafleur and Lanny McDonald great great men. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a great support initiative that they're doing. Uh, The Gila Fleur is more of a softer style of whiskey Mm -hmm. for the SAQ or for the uh, Quebec market market. only. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a 10-year-old whiskey. I love my Easter eggs on that one. Uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah, Gila Fleur is number 10 for those who don't know, and it's a third and a third a third of different style barrel finishing uh, that we did. Uh, at a high level here, and Lanny McDonald's more into the blend. He was a Western Canadian, and, and mm-hmm. certainly that's a wheat-forward whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, which is an exceptional one as well. A very beautiful whiskey, certainly going to the Alberta market uh, as well for those who's familiar with Lanny McDonald, who played for the Calgary Flames.
1: He said Lanny McDonald, when he he had when he tasted the wheat, he just had brought him back home because oh, he used to work on the farm. What a nice a man! Farm, he right? Such
0: a nice man. And he said, "Yeah, I remember as a kid growing up shoveling wheat on the farm, and this is reminiscent of what I used to do as a kid." And uh, uh, and I, I think maybe just even talking about how closely tight knit that we are with the agriculture community, and and to hear Lanny talk about that, and love thinking about my crystal ball and me getting feedback again from a consumer, I think small grains are an area where Canadian whiskey certainly can feel that niche, and that's I think that's a future. If I was to to look at at it,
1: yeah, oh, that's wonderful. Um, we, uh, we're going to show the flavor wheel, we're going to take this down to uh, sure. JP Weiser's Triple Barrel rye, and I don't, we're going to put on the screen the, the flavor sure, wheel sorry. for this. Yeah. Um, this is uh, not quite an entry level, it's an entry level rye, I mean yeah. it's, it's a $25 in Canada, kind of, which is, you know, whatever you, you, you however you convert that to US. Um, but this is an example of a cocktail rye. I, I actually really love this Rye. Neat. I think it's, for, for me, for the price point, I really enjoy it. And I can see why, because we look at the flavor wheel, and it's, it's got like, it's it, balanced. It's, it's got a lot of balance <laughs> of things. It's, and it's, it's more complex. It's not, it's got like the, the fruitiness is there, the green grass, the, sorry, the, uh, the finish, because uh, it's been finished in, in different barrels. Uh, yeah, bourbon barrels. Bourbon yep. barrels, cast, the rye, the fruitiness. So it's, yeah. it, it is a little bit, to me, always tastes a little bit like a mini Lot 40. It's not, it doesn't quite have the punchiness, but...
0: Yeah, there's certainly a rye-forward whiskey. On, mm-hmm. It's a blend. It's a blended whiskey that certainly has a little bit of corn in it and double-distilled light whiskeys. And uh, it's got bourbon barrel finish in it and mm-hmm. brand-new barrels in it as, mm-hmm. as well. And uh, used Canadian whiskey barrels. That's why we do call it triple-barrel rye. It's more rye-forward than your typical traditional Canadian whiskeys. And it actually has rye in it. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we we do put a uh, rye in a lot of the other expressions for J.P. Wiser's. Yeah. Um, but this one is punching up even more. It's listening to that consumer again. We want bigger, spicier whiskeys. We're into cocktailing today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what people are looking for. I'm looking for a versatile whiskey. I'm looking for a whiskey that can sip neat. Yeah. And this was the thought process behind this whiskey as well. Um, it, it's aged uh, five to nine years. It's, it is a, b- a bit of blend, but I mean, when I look at, at the wheel of this it's everything's almost equal
1: yeah yeah
0: and we we were kind of talking off camera here uh uh, earlier i said really what makes a good whiskey is it one that where it's a balance of everything yeah or do you need one that's a lot of everything i mean it's an interesting debate and i think the power of these whiskey wheels look at it Mm -hmm. and look at these polar histograms like the shape of the wheel that you like then you'll know which whiskey
1: styles for you this is the part that's Kicking me out of my job—it's uh, literally yeah. you're 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 seeing that, and I, I've always kind of wondered why I liked JPY's triple barrel as much as I do. Um, only because, like, it's not as oaky as I typically want a whiskey. It's not uh, and as And looking at it, the oak level's you're... down in comparison because I had the Lot 40 slide up there. It's that balance. It's that balance that I'm really enjoying. And, and by the way, it makes a terrific Manhattan. Uh, it, if, you have like, if you have, like, a high-end vermouth, it, the, the rye shows so beautifully through it, and you can depend on the vermouth to really kind of give you the, the sweet, sweeter dry fruit notes. Uh, terrific, terrific rye. Now, let's compare this right away. Let's just go right into JP Weiser's 18. Um, JP Weiser's 18, as we've covered earlier, has, if you're listening, this is a test, uh, No rye in it whatsoever. It's double-distilled corn. Um, yeah, so looking at the histogram. Yep, look at the histogram. No rye. There's no rye. Look, there's not in there. Um, there's
0: no rye, but what I always like to say, there's two things around this whiskey. It's double-distilled, so you're not going to get a, a, a lot of the fruity notes coming mm-hmm. in from fermentation because they've been distilled out day mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it becomes, I love the line like this. This is the taste of angel share. Mm-hmm. This is what happens in a barrel. Yeah, this is that. That's
1: really Oxidative
0: true. reactions that happen in a barrel, which which forms ethyl acetate. Uh, you'll see that on the age section of the whiskey wheel that I have here. Yeah. It is a green apple character. Right. That's the way I describe it. You called it zesty. I yeah. use the language you want to use. Yeah. Green apple, zesty, if you drink
1: this whiskey, this is what happens in a barrel over time. Yeah, because it's, it's basically pure uh, 94.8% distilled, and then you just, it just, you're just tasting the barrel. Um, I mean, I, if you like that profile of whiskey, look for whiskeys that
0: have that light blue, that age axis.
1: And this is why, <laughs> this is why I think this whiskey competes so well with scotch in that respect, because it is, you're getting a lot of... Oak notes, and you're getting a lot of the age notes that like you would an older, older whiskey. However, it's not going to be my favorite whiskey because it doesn't have the 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 more, the, the rise or the, yeah, it, flag, the And there's nothing wrong with it. There's either. nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. No. This is not. This is just one of those I, things where we're going back to my point. You've got me figured out. You're like Mark. Mark probably isn't going to drink J.P. Wise as 18 every day. But there's a time and a place for that because certainly sometimes I just want a woody,
0: yeah, I,
1: wonderfully. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes
0: if I have a real spicy meal, yes. A whiskey like this profile mm-hmm. is probably where I'm going to go. Yes. Because that green apple should balance it with a heavy peppier spite. Like if, I, if I have a, a peppercorn steak, right? Yeah. You, don't you, wanna... know, you just get so overwhelmed with spite. You what do wanna you want to do? Put more Lot 40 on top of that? Not, not the occasion for me. I yeah. mean, I would go to the 18 year I'll go
1: to maybe the Pike Creek franchise. Let's look at gooder ham
0: works, yes. So this is,
1: the, this is the four grain. Uh, so you've got all, you got, the, you got the four main grains. So wheat, rye, corn, and uh, what did I miss? Oh, malted barley, of course. Yeah. Um, and you see that up there. Certainly it's rye
0: predominant when you're yeah. looking at that. There's some malted barley certainly that's in that. Uh, and some wheat that comes out of it, but the, the main focus certainly is the rye. Again, we're Canadian whiskey here. Yeah, <laughs> we're Canadian whiskey here, so I wanted to make a rye forward whiskey here. Certainly, you'll see on the fruity and floral axis that you can tell there's some pot distilled uh, small grains in it, and it does it has pot distilled wheat and barley and rye. Uh, that's so. Because like components
1: that. go into this whiskey.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a very complex in the world of Canadian whiskey now. Yeah, and then you certainly we the mindset is because of that higher rye content. And because of the premium of it, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. we do age it in brand-new virgin oak barrels, the majority of it anyway. So you're going to see the big cask influence on that as well. So that's why this one wins awards in terms of complexity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I find bourbon drinkers would certainly go to this brand because yeah because you have mixed grains certainly in bourbons i mean yeah. i can see it's the same style drink, and i know you and i off camera you, you do uh drink bourbon and it does yeah. not surprise me that this is one of your favorite whiskeys it is
1: and i and i constantly recommend this it, is such a great price point i somebody might find lot 40 to not everybody likes rye they want something a little more more gentler this is rye forward still but you get that sweetness the just the more complexity comes through every time i recommend this whiskey everybody loves it so i i, I think it's a great recommendation um so this flavor wheel combined with this other flavor wheel. So the, the, the chart and I just so this was taken from a spectromemogram. yeah, uh, you know, GC
0: mass spec, yeah, yeah, a GC mass spec. That's right. <laughs> Gas chromatography, mass spectrometry. Yeah, I know you that. say
1: that uh, um, four times quickly. And you told me that they cost about two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so I will not be uh, using this as a cheat sheet for any future whiskey tasting notes as much as I'd like to. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, certainly it's a valuable piece of equipment that we use to for. Quality checks within our, our whiskey distillery here. Many of us do it as larger whiskey producers. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's how it tastes and smells. Yeah. We we got sensory panels here, um, and that's the other reason why I don't dwell too much into sensory notes either, is because we all have our own vulnerabilities.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I, I don't know if I talked about it on your last podcast or not, but uh, here at this distillery, we make the Malibu rum. Yes. If anybody knows that, that's a coconut rum. I can't smell coconut.
1: Right. Yeah, yes, that's right. You just, you can't.
0: I can't smell coconut. And that's, that's the other reason why I don't uh, like doing flavor notes as much as either, because who am I to tell you that you can smell what in this and that? We what all have telling
1: a, me right now. There's a chart. <laughs> There's a chart. But
0: yeah, but, it, but it, it's the best way I can explain it to people. And it really doesn't matter. Male, female, smoker, old, young, doesn't yeah. matter. We all have our sensitivities. We all have our, our vulnerabilities. I can smell sulfur notes very well. Yeah. I can smell buttery notes very well. Coconut is is the is my uh, least one. But and think, we're all like that.
1: And I think that's interesting, right? Because you can, you can take the, the notches of certain rye notes and be like, okay, this is too much rye for somebody. So, you know, I don't know how many points there are. But like, it's if it's a 10-point scale, like, okay, anything four points and above is too much yeah, rye for could do, this person. You could
0: do it that way. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, yeah. points,
1: you could think. And then you'd be like, hey, okay, literally. You no, know, we, we talk about this in the science way. But at the end of the day, everything's being matured in barrels. And that maturation process is very... Individually. And they come to ratios too, because you could have an eight point
0: cask and a four point rye. Yeah. That might be good today, but if what if I make a four point rye and a two-point cask? Yes. That might be different because the rye then starts shining through.
1: Right. It's it's that that it's that, that's balance. Um, I think this brings us into <laughs> Gooderham and You want Warts, to bring to Gooderham and Works? Because yeah. the Eleven Souls. Um, yeah, I've got a <laughs> fancy bottle here. We're gonna pour the this hasn't we can't open this yet um those no, so that were before the podcast were pouring out uh from lab. Uh, lab bottles um the which to me just makes it so much more authentic um this one is interesting because you have um uh 11 different um 11 different components went into this whiskey Sorry.
0: yes Dist- either different grains or different distillations or different barrel types so when i, I i'm going to flip over to the uh histogram so those are looking at it give you oh there's the uh, there. Um, this is probably the most complex blended whiskey that uh, we certainly have made here. Um, it's got malt in it, it's got corn, and it, it's got rye, and it's got wheat in it. It's certainly cask forward. It's certainly, I got some different barrel finishes going into that. This is the first time we've used a uh, uh, bricetto rye. In right, a whiskey Right. which has... is very unique hybrid of rye remember we talked about lignin at the opening part of this yeah this probably has a little bit more lignin uh in the rye and we find it gets it a little bit more spicy but we we've, we've been slowly moving some of our inventory over to brissetto rye and certainly this has certainly a, a lot of high age in this one very complex this one's beautiful um the backstory on the brand name 11 souls Gooderham and Wartz were pioneers, uh, distillers in downtown Toronto in the early 1800s, and they came in from the United Kingdom when they sailed over on ships. Certainly that was dangerous back in the 1830s. Mm-hmm. A number of adults died, and there was 11 orphans left on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gooderham, through the goodness of his heart, adopted these uh, 11 children and 11 souls, uh, and that's more of a storytelling piece around that's why yeah. where the branding had came from. I like the Easter eggs on the bottle. This is 49% alcohol ABV. Certainly, for making a grain-forward whiskey or a cast-forward whiskey, I want to pop the strength up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's reason for that madness.
1: Yes, <laughs> tell us.
0: <laughs> if you look at the address of the Gooderham and Worts distillery, it's 49 Wellington,
1: right down, down Toronto. Downtown
0: Toronto, Toronto. for those you viewers that are in Toronto. But yeah. it's, uh, very complex. Certainly
1: on the nose. Well, I like I mean, we went through this, and it was you were saying uh, how. You know, some things are the percentages uh, are higher, but some things are like point something percent or one percent of something. In that's there. correct. That tiny little bit of this or that, just to kind of help edge this out. And and you do blending exercises here. We we had the chance to do it earlier. It's just like we just add a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that and a little bit more of this or less. Not, not quite less of that, right. Not quite right. Maybe we, and and then you just kind of play. So this is kind of this is the one you got to play with the most out of this range. Because that's right. left forty, you knew you were something cast strength. It was going to be awry. It was going to be aged. Um, but this one, you got to just play around with it
0: yeah i love to play around (laughs) and this this one's got a lot of complexity going on and nosing it i mean right away i get the woody because certainly have the strength on that and the grain certainly the wheat i can smell the wheat coming through on that beautiful whiskey cheers
1: cheers yeah this is uh this is this is really terrific um and it's a nice compliment to law 40 because uh where i think law 40 cast strength hits you like i i say there's two types of whiskeys there's whiskeys that hit you with a lot of Terrific flavors, and not necessarily there's a lot of them, just everything that it does it does really friggin' well. And there's just whiskeys that do a lot of little things really well, and the kind of the complexity, they stretch out the profile. And this is definitely that, that it's just doing everything really, really well. Yeah,
0: yeah every moment during the, the taste of it, you're, there's something
1: different. Yeah, we, we tasted this <laughs> earlier, and I, I think I spent 20 minutes on this alone, just just figuring it out, because the moment you poured it, I got a little bit of those, those char notes, uh from that older older style whiskey but then it just that kind of evaporated a little bit and then i got the kind of sweetness uh through and it just kept changing in the glass and so really just just take your time with this one don't don't don't, don't it, just, it's it, yeah it's a sipper it's a sipper it's a true sipper like in the, every way since the term yeah. sip a little bit pour it and it will just change in subtle ways maybe an glass. ice cube
0: maybe an ice cube i don't uh, know you, you, I, yeah, depends, yeah. I mean I, I always tell somebody enjoy a drink I mean, yeah, yeah if that's where you're going but it's Again, it's distinctive to the Gooderham and Warts family. Yeah. Lots of complexity, lots of grain flavors going on, uh, lots of things going on with wood, and it just fits the family very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, a, that, that's terrific. It's going to do ridiculously well. Um, these are limited releases, and they sell out in Ontario really fast, and you have people like me uh, starting <laughs> rumors about where they're going to be. and then yeah. But anyway, it's a whole, it's a part of the that's, adventure. That
0: is part of the adventure of certainly collecting whiskeys. Um, the, the next one I think we, we want to talk about certainly is the Pike Creek 21 year of the rare uh, release
1: um, this death? one
0: is there we walked through this quickly this morning and then yeah. we came back and this afternoon and we talked about even a little bit more lengthening you had an opportunity to sit down and geek out a little bit and talk about how wood degrades and kind of the things where we look for uh, when we're manufacturing barrels and this one here is a is a 3 oak and in it is you got uh, north american wood Mm -hmm. and then you got uh, hungarian and french oak Uh, Mm -hmm. those are the three we played with this one a little bit um we first originally made the brand with all brand new barrels but one of the issues you have with when you're working with new wood is your tannic acid right you get Mm -hmm. that kind of a the bittering side effect of it and uh We pulled back the brand new barrels from uh, the American oak, Mm -hmm. and we decided to use once-used bourbon barrels in replacement, just to balance it a little bit nicer. Um, And the the other thing is, when you're dealing with Hungarian oak, uh, as I showed you my GC work earlier, our GC mass spec work, the Hungarian oak certainly has a lot of the uh, um, sugary notes uh, that certainly got the caramel toffee notes uh, certainly added, and we you can certainly. Uh, look at this in the brand here, and the other thing is it's French oak, which is softer. Right. right. I know you had the uh, luxury of looking at the French
1: oak. Don't make me start it, the uh, hashtag.
0: Yeah, yeah, start the lot, hashtag. Lot 40 uh, finished
1: in French oak. I, um... uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is double distilled uh, for the uh, for the most part. We do have a, a touch of rye in it to give it a spice. Um, but um...
1: yeah, I find that I find that you, you find that Hungarian oak like it, it is. It is. You can. St- taste it's denser it's little it it has a little bit i don't think i'd like something with just hungarian oak but then having that french oak the the vanillas on that are so beautiful yeah so beautiful that that, that's kind of balancing act
0: french oaks gives you a different lactone yeah Uh, coconutty which i can't i have have difficult picking up Mm -hmm. um but it's certainly a lot high in vanilla and i Mm -hmm. think this is the dynamic to this one and somebody really wants to understand the dynamics of good quality barrels Mm -hmm. this whiskey is the epitome
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's got all of that in it, and I mean, certainly keeping the strength a little higher. Certainly, very wood forward. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that I, Hungarian oak comes right away to me.
1: Yeah, uh, I find that that Hungarian oak, and also that older whiskey kind of the char levels. You just you can smell right away. It's it's there. It's there on, on a lot of uh, on uh, the nose.
0: Certainly, the vanilla from that French oak. Cheers, cheers. If anybody who are fans of Wiser's Red Letter
1: mm-hmm, this is their whiskey.
0: This is red letter amped up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> red letter had. Uh, just
0: brand new virgin o- American oak. Yeah. This is amped up red letter.
1: Because red letter didn't have the charring notes. This is a little that complexity just kind of expands even yeah, bit more. And, and
0: look at the axis on the, this on the polar histogram. This is about age, being 21 years. Yeah. And this is about barrels.
1: It's so funny, it's a, it's, and it's got the fruitiness of course. But the fruitiness is going to come out a little
0: yeah. bit on, on the distillation and, and, and age part, but uh, yeah, I mean, this this is yeah. right there, right there. A little bit of rye, you can certainly see see that it comes out in that one, but
1: yeah. I think um, the
0: oh, that one's nice. That's
1: that's that's really terrific, and this is and this, so Pike's Creek is uh, named after. Um, either the river or the warehouse where you store all their whiskey. <laughs> well, it's named after the river or the creek. In itself. The, it goes beside our warehouse. In, and the warehouse is the, warehouse the address. the address is
0: Pike Creek Road. So, yeah, that's why we call it Pike Creek. Uh, it's easier to say Pike Creek than the maturing warehouse. Um, but, yeah, that one is certainly beautiful. Again, just another example of what we can do with Canadian whiskey. Mm-hmm. I always tell this story, and it's one of my favorite stories to tell, I've made a couple mistakes in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Not drinking whiskey. Yeah,
0: mistake number one I was in Winnipeg in February.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah, that's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's very, very cold. And I happen to be at their Whiskey Fest. That's when Winnipeggers have annual whiskey. Nothing better to do on a February day is, is to drink whiskey. And I know you've gone to Whiskey Fest. I know, I think that's probably where we first met. Yeah. Um, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah. So you go around with your glass and you try everybody's whiskey, three hours, all you can drink. Me as a producer, again, I try to get insights from consumers and I do talk to other producers. I know them very well. I mean, mm-hmm. we're colleagues, we're friends. And go around. I try whiskey, and I had a fun evening that night. N- mistake number two: I got asked to go on breakfast television, <laughs> six forty-five in the morning, following the whiskey fest.
1: Uh, Canadian Morning Show. The Canadian uh, Morning Show, localers, and
0: yeah. I got on with our uh, Glenlivet ambassador and our Jameson ambassador at the time. Four minutes on television, no problem. I can do this, following a whiskey fest. Okay, so I got on TV, and and I understood where the the commentator was coming from. Yeah. And I got asked this question, and I'm sure the people in this podcast are going to groan because it's not a fair question to be asked. Mm -hmm. And my mistake really was, not going on TV, my mistake really was you should always ask a reporter, especially live television, what are you going to be asked? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. (laughs) Media 101. But anyway. Right. And this is the question I got asked. What makes Canadian whiskey better than scotch or Irish whiskey? (laughs) How do you answer that? How do you answer that? I mean... In a few-minute segment. <laughs> uh, in a four-minute segment with yeah. two other people that need to speak. Yeah. How do you answer that? It is Because they're all good. Yeah. And we have our own unique style. And, and they would. And you, had, uh, you could have a Scotch whiskey wheel. You could have an Irish whiskey wheel. They'd be different. Mm-hmm. But I answered it like this. It was my aha moment. It actually came to me, and I vividly remember. And I answered it somewhat like this, and I answered it as uh, such. As I believe Canadian whiskey is the most innovative, creative an adaptable style of whiskey there is all we have to be is uh, fermented aged and distilled in Canada mm-hmm. made of grain mm-hmm. aged in a wooden barrel of less than 700 liters for a minimum of three years that's it yeah they don't tell me I have to use a mash bill mm-hmm. you don't tell me I have to distill it to a certain strength or use a pot still or a column still and they don't tell me the barrel type I have to use that makes Canadian whiskey diverse yeah isn't that Canada
1: yeah that is Canada yeah and that's how I answered that question. And of course, the Scotch guy was like, oh, "Yeah, I, I can't, can't remember
0: what he said." And I, I'm sure I put those those guys uh, off off spot. But I certainly believe that you've had three different whiskies here, and I know yeah. you've had our uh, whiskies in our portfolio. And that's one the thing. There's really one definition of Canadian whiskey, and it's left to the interpretation of the blender.
1: Right. And I mean, this is then you made a good example, bringing back to to, to your point. And you you thought, okay, this needed a little, this had too much new oak in it. So in America if you're making a bourbon or a rye it has to be 100% brand new oak. You're like, "Okay, let's 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 we thought everything's going to be good in new oak, but well, let's us tone it down. Let's let's tone out those notes because it'll bring out these notes and that that freedom to do that and also having the supply of all these barrels Hungarian and and being able to fill those barrels on. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so you you come here and you basically have every not every you have a lot of your different blends that you're working with here's it at zero age off the still here's at like two years or three years and whatnot and then being able to taste that and blend that together creates a different art form doesn't these flavor wheels or polar histograms
0: make more sense they do and for a canadian whiskey uh, yeah sure you know, you know what I right mean?
1: because the, the, the there's so many more different components with bourbon you'd be like okay maturation and mash bill certainly makes a difference but there's things you can
0: play yeah yeah, there's nuance but i mean canadian whiskey i mean it's innovative yeah don't you want to be creative
1: yeah and i think it it (laughs) changes the story but in a in a unique way whereas in bourbon it's all about like the history and the this or that but it's like it's 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 very it's unlike the perception bourbon is super regulated and canadian whiskey is not it's it's like we're the wild west of the whiskey world really in a good way there's enough things
0: to protect the consumer Mm -hmm. yes there's nothing
1: to protect the consumer
0: the same times you you want to be creative and you don't want to be held to to regulation and constriction and a, and, I, and it's a wonderful place to be i mean um i love this category yeah you could tell i'm passionate yeah. passionate about it and and if i, I can invite I'll, I'll throw a plug here for you mm-hmm. and then into throwing plugs but if you want to do a blending exercise with dr don livermore mm-hmm. I do put those on once a quarter here at the JP Weiser's Brand Center. And sells out. How do people find out when they're coming next? Is- so you can find them on Okay. and they'll, you'll go to the events page there and you can see you every so often, I'll do them every three months, I only do them once a quarter. Yeah. You come in, you can blend your own whiskey. The unfortunate yeah. part of it, you can't take your whiskey home with you, you just get to learn and try. To blend whiskey,
1: which is oh, As much freedom as you get making whiskey. Us the consumers don't have as much freedom buying the whiskey. Or using yeah, it, there's therapy. regulatory things there's to that.
0: that. But I mean, yeah. to come in and blend your whiskey, it's, they sell it like that. The other way to find out about these, if you if you want to follow me, I'll, I'll throw you my Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter feed as well. CDN Whiskey
1: Doc, and you're very active, and yes. you can see things coming off the bottom lines. You're you're here, like you're, you're constantly like, oh, here's we're bottling La Forte Castering today. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, that blending exercise is terrific. Uh, I've done it before. We were playing around a little bit in there. Uh, it's it's such a great experience, and you just literally it's like it's like you're back in high school, uh, and you're pretend you're pretending to make something in it's, chemistry class, and yet you're getting terrific whiskey, or it's terrible whiskey. Like they, oh, this is terrible. they sell out you start, in, o- start over again, if, and you can just start over again. It's yeah, wonderful. They
0: sell out in 24 hours. Yeah, I mean? yeah. And, and really, what we're trying to drive, into something with good of and all the other brands. We make mm-hmm. blending. I mean, it, it's a pillar to Canadian whiskey. Yeah. It is a pillar to Canadian whiskey. It's not a bad word. Oh, no, you take the best of everything. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> you take the best of everything. And and it comes back. I keep coming back. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe these polar histograms are still way out there for people. Mm-hmm. But I think at some point in time in history, yeah, I kind of get it. I kind of get where he's thinking, where he's coming from, where he's trying to pull flavors from. And I think enjoy the whiskey you, you enjoy. I mean, really it is. I mean...
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, talk about enjoying whiskey. I mean, whiskey. I think blenders yeah. typically, the, the word blend gets a bad rap, probably from Scotland. It's the scotch that ruined the name for us because uh, in Scotland, yeah. um, a single malt scotch is 100% malted barley. That's seen as the, the epitome uh, or the best kind of whiskey. It's, it's percept- at least marketed that way. Um, and then you have blends, and blends are typically, you know, maybe 10% malted barley and then 90%. 94.8% distilled. But they don't have to milk. be. But they don't have to be, right? <laughs> and so you have this perception. There's a lot of great scotch blends as well. And Scotland constantly deals with this problem, but they have to put blend on the label, which is kind of the problem, right? In Scotland, you have to say, this is a scotch blend. And then people are like, oh, it's a blend. And they step away from it. In Canada we don't do any of those things if it's 100% rye you might put it on the bottle as you do um, but otherwise it's, it's
0: a marketing thing it's to it's put it on yeah. the bottle it's not a you regulatory don't claim there's no regulatory claim
1: all right all right Canadian whiskey of the year Canadian Whiskey by the year. Um, I, um, I did the uh, judging for this award last year. There's, there's 10 judges in total. Um, I can't tell you the scores. It's all NDA and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I can tell you that this one, uh, well, we know it's one number one. I, that's public knowledge. And I can also probably tell you, I, did, I scored it really, 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 really well. Uh, in a blind taste. I had no idea what it was. And the Canadian Whiskey Awards, the way it's judges, is you get a bunch of samples um, and you taste them over a period of like six weeks or so, however you want. And then you submit scores at the end and then there's a spreadsheet that we all get and we... That's the winners are picked based yeah, on the scores. Calc- yeah, 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 and calculate yeah. out. Um, and um, so this is, and that's run by Davin. Uh, the car game has been on the podcast before, when, uh, writer of the Canadian Whiskey. Uh, but but this is, um, so this was the winner. Uh, and that kind of, I think it surprised everybody because everybody expected a lot of 40 to win. And it scored really well, right? It did really yeah. well. Um, you had a competitor, Canadian Club 40 came out with yeah. their product. That was all, made in the same facility here very nice and very and nice, very nice. And, and so there was these these three monsters that and we weren't sure who would win and i think everybody seemed a lot of 40 cast would win but jpy's 35 just just got it
0: For whatever reason it squeaked in i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i mean i think this year's version it is the same recipe but it, we just selected different bonds mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. to certainly go into this uh and that's a little bit of the juggling act with 35 uh, year old whiskey as you can see you know the profile that it it's largely age yeah. the trick is to tame the age uh mm-hmm. a little bit and, and the only other way we can try to tame the age is the which rye bond that we certainly uh put out this and it's a different bond this year i quite frankly find this one to be more balanced this year i really do enjoy this one uh, uh more so it's in my wheelhouse this one's right. in my personal wheelhouse this would be your chart this would be uh, for the 35 year expression it is yeah. in my wheel wheelhouse um yeah cheers yes, by the way yeah,
1: sorry, yeah.
0: <sighs> right away you get that oh man i get a banana note for some reason
1: no now that you said it of course i'm mad oh i don't know i just <laughs> no, no for it's... whatever
0: reason i got a banana note uh just tasting it here yeah um which comes from yeast um yeah beautiful beautiful yeah. and it's, it's it's taming that green apple flavor a little bit that highly aged it, it, somebody some people debate is can whiskey be too old?
1: Yeah. And you were saying this isn't the same formula as JP was 18 which contains no right. This will have a little bit of rye in it. You had to try to... Because, oh, you don't want that too much oakiness. You don't want that 35 years of that classic green apple zesty you
0: call it zesty yeah. Yeah. you want
1: to you want to kind of get a little more peppery through the palate and so again you're 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 blending these these together and and you're getting this final product and, yeah. it's, and it's uh yeah it's it's it's
0: and i and i think you and i talked a little bit earlier off camera too about the cash strength of this version versus a the 50% abv which we landed we on yeah 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 uh, it just wasn't right yeah it just wasn't right i i wanted to open up uh uh, more of that rye instead of having that focus you talked about Mm -hmm. i think at the 50 percent abv it was just it was better yeah it was better i mean i think the rye balances more nicely if i if you brought it up to that that higher strength you're just going to get even more blown away with that age yeah. flavor that comes through,
1: right? None, none of these whiskeys at all taste like they're like low-proof. Like All of them have so much flavor, really. It, it comes in. So when I was tasting this, and, and um, oh, it's um, delicious. It, It's it just, I couldn't imagine this out a higher proof at this point, because I, I, like the, the oak would come through a little bit more with the rice and everything else. Anyway, it's terrific. Um, I really enjoy this. I think uh, it's going to be an interesting competition this year once again. Uh, oh, the see. whole
0: Canadian whiskey category. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're starting to see... More and more distilleries pop up here and there, more branding and brand companies uh, being developed. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Isn't it wonderful? It, it, it's life. It's breathing life into our Canadian whiskey category. And you're seeing ingenuity. Yeah. You're seeing innovation. You're seeing people adapt to what people want. I mean, you're seeing some beautiful whiskeys out there finished in wine barrels. How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? you're, you're, we got some French oak. Uh, you got Hungarian oak out there now. You're, you're more... Small grain forward Canadian whiskeys adapting to what the consumer palates are looking for. Yeah. What a wonderful category! Really I'll, I'll go back to yeah. my my story I tell about being in Winnipeg, but yeah. I truly believe Canadian whiskey is diverse and it's up to interpretation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you're, you're and this is what keeps me employed. Your biggest challenge is figure out what kind of type of whiskey you're buying. So I still have a job now because I can tell you this is why Ford If you want this, you can have that or corn. Yeah, this. I know. I mean, then, but but pretty soon this between this and the AI, I'm I'm done. I'm yeah, yeah. AI. There you I'm go.
0: I, I what I say to to folks, and I know you. You got a lot of followers, Mark. And but I always say, find that whiskey writer or mm-hmm. the whiskey uh, that has the same taste as you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just like a food critic, find somebody you agree with, and, mm-hmm. and that teaches you about the product or, or about the food or what have you. But just find that person you like mm-hmm. that you agree with. Yeah. yeah, and
0: and that's what my thought was around when developing this flavor wheel originally, was to help the consumer along to know what polar histogram or what shape mm-hmm. of whiskey that they certainly like. Because I know any whiskey category may, is
1: is confusing. Yeah, it is. It can, it, be, it can
0: very, be very confusing. Am I getting this? i Am getting this? Am I getting this? Am I getting this? Am I getting this? Am I getting this? Yeah. And I think this is a tool to be able to help us bring this category and explain it yeah. you know, to the world and quite frankly Canadians mm-hmm. we got to stop apologizing
1: we do I, I, I'll also say the other thing <laughs> is we, we go crazy over the, the Northern Board collection I go crazy over the Northern Board collection uh, but all the other whiskeys you're making is really terrific this isn't like I, I feel like something's like nothing here is muted like nothing here is like you know oh I you know I mean everything has been really delicious and we've tasted uh, the, the uh, NHL alumni are a whole other expression on their own I mean these are these could be sitting here. Like, they're not.
0: I, they're fantastic. Yeah. And I, I. Good luck this year, in the good Canadian luck.
1: Whiskey Awards.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's I, right. I mean, us, and I, I know others are putting special releases out there as well that are fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, and I, judge, I, right? I know we talked about it earlier. I said, I, I, I don't know. Do you need to define the categories for the awards? I mean, it really. It's hard. It, it, it's hard. I don't know and how you do wonderful, it. It's a wonderful,
1: wonderful opportunity to, to judge, but it, it is it is going to be harder and harder each year because like, how do you compare something that's you know older and thirty five and something compared to something younger that, it just just it's a, different what,
0: what, complexities what, and it. Right,
1: and it's, it is a little harder not knowing what they are entirely because you're not sure where the distillery is going. You're like, did they want a highly peppery rye here? Or, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. don't you don't know. What the intentions were behind Especially when the you, that's
0: the danger of doing it blind. I, I know we talked about doing separated categories like other other styles around the world when you're doing competitions. I mean, I mean,
1: it's great. We're, we're, we're a great business. We're it's a wonderful business. business. Um, so, Dr. John, you've, you've showed where you can be. Um, on your, where People can find you on Twitter, on Instagram, um, and I do highly recommend if you're driving through Windsor, uh, if you live in the Detroit area, and that go across, you know, go across the river. Um, Take the blending class. I that will change your life. I, I go back to the story. My, my whiskey awakening story happened in Balvenie distillery when they uh, when when they took a whiskey, uh, the Ton fourteen oh one and we just deconstructed it barrel yeah. by barrel by barrel and that was like that was my aha moment and you know, at that point nobody was that point that wasn't accessible i got that opportunity because of media as, as a media invite um, very few people were doing that publicly so you're to be able to do that and you also do this at whiskey shows as well uh yeah, sometimes depending yeah, depending, yeah. depending so uh but to have that opportunity in the and for to come in and do that just is, 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 it'll change your entire perspective on whiskey
0: yeah i i think that's that's the point i mean I, our brand center here uh is not flashy by any means i know the the bar looks fantastic and everything but i think it's we really want to drive home the experience and the, and the authenticity of what we do yes i mean you get to try and look at mash and dip your fingers in the in the in the, in the fermenting and, the, and you get to try different whiskies and, and opening up barrels and bringing out from the barrel i mean it's an experience yeah whiskey's an experience it is. and that's what we want to bring and that's what we're trying to achieve and bring some recognition to the canadian whiskey category finally yeah after 70 years 80 years i mean uh take a page i mean bourbon's done it well yeah Uh, i know scotch has done it well irish whiskey's done it very well the past 20 years uh, with brands like jameson but i mean it's canada's turn
1: yeah it's our turn i agree with that yeah it's canada's turn for sure well on that note don thank you so much yeah yeah, thanks for having me again yeah cheers make it a
0: cheers at the 35 year
1: yeah there we go cheers cheers